Welcome to Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. If you're ready for inspiration and tips to improve your life, hear what some of the fascinating minds of today have to say. Our hope is that you'll live your passion and inspire the world. And now, here is your host, Allison H. Larson. Good morning, everybody. Thank you for joining me today. Our show today is all about mentors. I'm really excited. Uh, Later on today in our show, we're going to have a mentor of mine, Anne Washburn. She's with Three Key Elements out of Salt Lake City, Utah, and she has been a mentor of mine and helped me along my journey and uh, is also a friend of mine. She is a board member on my Speakers Coalition, so if you haven't checked that out yet, go to www.speakerscoalition.com. But I wanted to start off the show today. I've been getting a lot of requests from our listeners saying, hey, Alice, we want to hear more from you. Uh, we know you're a mentor. We know you're a coach. We know you have have some business experience. And so I thought I would take the first half of this show to share some of my thoughts. And there's two ways that I found that we learn in this life. The first way is by counsel, and the second way is by consequence. So let me explain that a little bit. Uh, Either as you're going throughout life, you can learn through trial and error. That would be through consequences, right? So you try something out, and either you figure out that it works or it doesn't work because it either has good consequences or bad consequences. Uh, The other way that we can learn is by looking to other people, looking at people that maybe are a little further ahead on the path and asking them for their counsel. Uh, what advice do they have? What did they learn? What have been their good decisions? What have been their bad decisions? And as you look at somebody who's maybe a little further ahead on the path of life, who's where you want to be, you can look to them for counsel and guidance so you can avoid some of those consequences. Now, sometimes it's good to learn by trial and error, but, but think about this for a moment. How much time in your life have you wasted backpedaling? Maybe you've made a decision in business or in life or a choice, and it's been the wrong one, and then you pay the price in time, maybe literally paying the price in money to fix that mistake. And wouldn't it just be easier if someone had guided you or counseled you on what to do? So at one point in my life, I was taught about this principle of counsel and consequence, and I decided that I was going to look to find people that were further ahead on the path. And when I say further ahead on the path, here's an analogy that I like to think about. Let's say life is like a highway or a freeway, and we're all trying to get to the same destination, right? Success, happiness, fulfillment. And on this journey, there are some cars, some people that are a little bit further ahead. They've already been through some some of those freeway changes. And right now I'm in L.A. and there's a lot of different freeway changes and different exits you have to get on. And then you're getting off and on a different exit. And I've learned by, by consequence which exits to get on and off. But when I plug things into my GPS and when I ask people that have lived here, that have gone on the different freeways and ask them, hey, how do I get there quicker? They can give me counsel. They can give me advice and I can get there a little bit faster. And then the other component of that is once you learn something in your life, there's always going to be people that are further behind you that haven't traveled to where you are yet. And how can you pass along that advice to those people that are further behind you. It's going to help you live a life that's fulfilled. 
So that's what I'm hoping to do today. I'm hoping to pass along to you some of the things that I've learned from those mentors as I've looked ahead. And a thing that I really like is, you know, surround yourself with the people who you want to be like. You're going to be like the five people you spend the most time with. I know there's a famous quote out there about that. So think about who are you surrounding yourself with. And before I get started telling you about some mentoring tools, first of all, I want to let you know that in my life, mentoring is so important to me that I've invested over $100,000 in business coaches and mentors and people to help me get to where I am today, and I do not regret one penny of that investment. Now, some of you may not have money to invest, but that's okay. Invest your time. There's so much information out there. I mean, being on this radio show right now, listening to this is a free way for you to get some great counsel. So invest your time, invest your efforts, invest your money, whatever it takes to look to those people who are where you want to be so you can get there a little bit quicker. All right. So if you haven't already, get out a paper, get out a pen, get out your phone, be on your computer. The things I'm going to share with you today are things that my clients pay me thousands of dollars to learn. And if I have any clients listening in, uh, hey, guys, you get a a free bonus. Uh, Hopefully, you keep working with me. But the things I'm going to tell you today are very valuable. Uh, Again, I've invested a lot of time and money into mentoring. Um, I've learned a lot of things over the past few years, and I want to share some of these things with you. So the first mentoring tool that I'm going to give to you is the tool of intention, the power of intention. And here's why intention is so important. It's because intention fuels intuition. You need to live a life of intention. If you have an intention, then your intuition will guide you you will know the path that you want to go on. And I have a story to illustrate this, and then I'm going to give you some very simple steps that you can apply right now in your life to help you live a life of intention. So right now, I'm staying down in Dana Point Harbor. I come here quite a bit for work, Dana Point Harbor, California. And I've been here, this is probably the sixth or seventh time I've come to stay at this harbor. And every time I'm down here, I I have thought there would just be one thing that would make this just the perfect experience. If only there were a beach with waves close by. There's a little beach in the harbor, but it doesn't really have any waves. It's really tiny. They call it baby beach. And it's fun. It's still a sand. It's still ocean, but it doesn't really have the waves. And there's something I love about the calm crashing of the waves. So as I'm staying down here, I either usually stay in a friend's sailboat or down at a, at a hotel right here at the harbor. And this particular time, um, when this happened last week, I was staying a couple of days on a friend's sailboat. And the sailboat's on the very south side of the harbor and having a great time. But one day I decided to climb to the top of a cliff that is overlooking the harbor. And I'd never been up to the top of this cliff before. And so when I was here last week, I climbed to the top of the cliff. And when I got to the top of the cliff, what I realized was less than 100 yards away on the other side of this big rock wall that's on the south side of the harbor is Doheny State Beach. And it is one of the largest beaches here in Southern California, beautiful beach that has crashing waves. So literally less than 100 yards away from where I was staying, 
there was a beach with waves. And this really struck me because I realized that I'd been living a life of attention when I came down here, but not intention. So what do I mean by that? Well, I thought when I was down here, I'll just pay attention. If there's a beach, if I happen to see a beach with waves, that would be great. I hope there's one here. But I wasn't really looking for one. I didn't really try my hardest. I didn't set an intention to find a beach with waves. And had I just Googled or looked or asked or set that intention, if I had just put a little bit of effort into it, I would have discovered that there was a beach with waves only 100 yards away from where I was staying. So don't we do this in our life sometimes? I was talking with a good friend of mine, Brett Fogel, the other day, and he said, Allison, when we live a life of attention, when we're just paying attention to things, we're mere observers in our lives. But when we live a life of intention, we're participants. We get to experience life. And that's how it is. How often do you say, well, you know, I want to I make more money, so I'm going to pay attention to see if there's any opportunities that come along. Well, you know, I really, I really want to be a better mother or father, so I'm going to pay attention to what my kids need. Paying attention just allows us to be observers. But what if you were to set an intention? What if you were to say, my intention is to make $10,000 this week. My intention is to make $5,000 today. My intention is to spend 10 minutes of quality time with my child today, undivided attention. And maybe it's only 10 minutes, but that 10 minutes, I'm going to give them my all. I'm going to give them my 100% rather than just paying attention to what they need. How would your life be different? There have been times in my life where I've literally woken up in the morning and I thought, I want to make $5,000 today or I want to do $5,000 of sales today. And I don't stop till I do, and I do it. And the ideas that come to my mind on ways to get creative to make that is phenomenal. There are times when I set that intention to really spend that one-on-one time with my kids or to, to spend time with a friend or a client, and I make it happen. My brain thinks of ways to make it happen because I'm actively participating in my life. So here's a simple step along with this. If you want to live a life of intention, if you want to stop being an observer in your life, merely paying attention to what's around you, paying attention to the opportunities that might come your way, if you want to live a life of intention, if you want to live on purpose, and if you want to fuel your intuition to guide you towards that life you're supposed to live, that you could live, that you can live to fulfill your potential, then follow this simple step. Merely begin by every single morning waking up and setting one to three intentions for that day. One to three intentions. Now, somebody was talking to me the other day about this, and they said, well, isn't that just really goals? Aren't I setting goals? Well, great. If you want to call them goals, call them goals. I like to use the word intention because I'm going to intend to do something for that day. Now, I want to want to explain these intentions a little bit. If I just told you a pretty lofty intention that I have, I want to make $5,000. I want to sell $5,000 today. Now, if I didn't have a product, if I didn't have a way of earning that $5,000, my brain's really going to have to work hard to think of it um, and to create a way. And sometimes there is an incubation period, so you need to be realistic about it. But set an intention for the day. And some of those things may be small. Sometimes my intention for the day is to smile at somebody. Sometimes my intention for the day is to make $5,000. Sometimes my intention for the day 
is to make sure that I give myself 10 minutes of undivided time and attention just to listen and see what I need. Maybe that's taking a bath. Maybe that's meditating. Maybe that's going to yoga. But there's some important things as you set these intentions. First of all, I said first thing in the morning. Now, why is it important first thing in the morning? Well, it's because your brain has just gone to sleep. It's it's working all night subconsciously on things that you want to create in your life. So here's a, here's another component to that. Before you go to bed each evening, have a list of maybe some longer-term goals, some things that you want to accomplish in life, and look at those right before you go to bed. Now, what I call this and what I'm, some of my clients do is to write what's called your ideal story. And there's a great mentor named Ann Webb, and she actually has something called Ideal Life Vision, where she teaches you how to write this story about the life that you want to have, and you basically write it in present tense. I do something similar, but definitely check out Ann Webb. She's phenomenal at what she does. But what you do is you write a story, basically, where do you want to be? So, I am a loving and kind mother who spends individual time with her children each day. I'm a confident business owner who uh, attracts $10,000 a week into my personal bank account. Things like that. You're talking in present tense. Just write a story about where you want to be. Or maybe it's just as simple as writing down some goals. Make $10,000 per week. Uh, spend more time with my kids. And, and you'll notice I'm using these two things as an example, but think about what you want in your life. I'm focusing on business and family, but whatever it is for you. So before you go to bed, look at some of those longer-term goals or visions, what you really want to manifest in your life. Then you're going to go to bed. You're going to let your brain work all night. And then in the morning, you're going to wake up and set one to three intentions for that day. Now, these aren't long-term intentions. These aren't long-term goals. They're just for that day. And here's, here's what's key to success is breaking things down into day-by-day tasks or actions you can do to obtain your goals. So as you write down these intentions, then as you go throughout the day, your subconscious mind and your conscious mind are going to look for ways to fulfill those intentions, and you're going to live a life full of purpose because you'll have purpose and direction for the day. So again, to recap, at night before bed, you're going to look at your long-term goals, your vision, your story. You're going to go to bed. Your subconscious is going to work all night on thinking and and how are you going to create that because your mind really will focus on the last thing you look at before bed. And then when you wake up in the morning, you're going to set your daily intentions for the day, those things that you want to accomplish. And then again, that night, check in with yourself. Ask yourself, did I achieve or accomplish? Did I fulfill those intentions for the day? And if you didn't, let them go. And you're going to look at your big long-term vision, and the next day you're going to start all over. The biggest mistake people make is if they don't fulfill an intention for the day, they try and roll it over to the next day, and pretty soon you're up to 10, 20, 30 things that you're trying to fulfill each day, and it's too much pressure. If you don't fulfill it for the day, let it go, move on, and start new the next day. So hopefully that makes sense to everybody. But just creating those intentions, if you'll give it a try, really will help you live a life on purpose. 
Now, there's another thing by living day to day, and it's a principle I call just for today, something that I learned as a Reiki master that's very powerful as well. So, how many of you have said to yourself before, be honest, I am never going to eat sugar. I am never going to yell at my kids again. I am always going to be happy wherever I go. So these may be a little bit of exaggerations, but come on, haven't we all said something like that to ourselves? Well, here's the problem with these always and never and forever statements. The problem with them is, is that the only opportunity that we have to be successful is the last day of your life, the last breath you take. If you say you're never going to do something, so every other day of your life is just another opportunity for failure. So when you set these really big long-term goals that are not realistic, what you're doing is you're setting yourself up for failure over and over and over again. And what happens, and I saw this a lot, don't know if you know this about me, but I was actually a personal trainer for about six years. I would see this a lot with my clients that were striving to have better health, especially the ones that said, I'm never going to eat sugar again. They would always eat sugar again, and they'd feel like a failure. And what happens? Well, you have one Oreo. Well, you may as well eat the whole pack because you just blew your entire goal, right? What if, what if it would, you were to wake up in the morning and you were to set the intention for the day, I'm going to eat healthy today. I'm going to live a life full of health and abundance, and I'm going to listen to my body. You're giving yourself an opportunity to succeed for that day. Or maybe you wake up just for that day and you say, just for today, my intention is I'm not going to eat sugar just for today. Well, the chances are you probably will succeed. Anybody can go a day without eating sugar, right? But even if you don't, if you have sugar, at the end of the day, you can say, oh, well, there's always tomorrow and I have another opportunity to succeed tomorrow. So daily intentions are really powerful. Hopefully you wrote that down. You'll start using that in your practice. When we come back, I have a few more mentoring tools for you, and then I have my good friend joining me, Ann Washburn. So don't go anywhere. We'll be back in just a minute. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. The Greg Reed Show takes you behind the scenes with some of the most successful entrepreneurs and influencers the world has to offer. Greg S. Reed is known as a master storyteller and a highly sought after motivational keynote speaker. You'll learn that successes have their downsides and challenges as well. Find out how Greg and his guests have overcome these challenges to become some of the top influencers today. Listen to The Greg Reed Show, Mondays at 12 noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Influencers. Have you ever checked out In the Limelight with Clarissa Burt? You don't know what you're missing. Clarissa has a great circle of friends and influencers. How do you live a model life? Find out when Clarissa puts her amazing guests and engaging topics under the spotlight. We'll talk with the masters from art, science, food, health, finance, beauty, and business. 
You really can't miss a single show. Join us every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. It's time to unlock some of the best-kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time for The Forbes Factor. We get Guarantee it will be the best hour of your week. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You're tuned in to Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. To find out more about Allison and our program, please visit soulintuition.com. Again, that's soulintuition.com. Now back to Spotlight. Here is Allison H. Larson. Welcome back, everybody. So excited to have you on the show with me today. Uh, Joining us shortly will be my good friend, Ann Washburn, who's also a mentor of mine. So excited to have Ann on the show. If you're just joining us, today we're talking about mentoring tools. We're talking about intention, intuition. If you like what you've heard so far and want to get more information on intuition, on living with intention, you can always check out my book. It's Soul Intuition. You can get that on Amazon. Uh, you can also get that through my website, uh, soulintuition.com. Or if you want a free electronic version, you can email me at allison at soulintuition.com. And that's A-L-L-I-S-O-N, allison at soulintuition.com. There's some more great tips and tools about how to use intention, about how to use your intuition to really discover your God-given gifts and talents and live to your full potential. So speaking about using your God-given gifts and talents and living to your full potential, do you feel like you have more to offer the world? Like you aren't quite living up to your potential? I think at one point or another, we all feel that way in our life. And you know what? Maybe to some extent, we want to feel that so that we'll keep reaching, we'll keep stretching, we'll keep striving to become better. But if you've been feeling like this lately, here's a great exercise that you can do. And I think you know what I'm talking about, that empty feeling like there's something more that you're supposed to be doing. So it kind of gets you right in the gut, you know, and eats at you throughout the day as you go throughout your day. Maybe it's that little thought in the back of your mind, like there's just something more I'm supposed to be doing. It just won't quite go away. So here's what you can do if you're having those feelings, if you're having those thoughts. You can use an exercise called peg your potential. It's going to help you figure out what else you're supposed to be doing. And I think this feeling is really good, too, because it really drives us and lets us know when we're settling. And there's an interesting word. It's called content. And in some ways, we do want to feel peaceful in our life. We want to be able to feel happy with what we have. But do we ever really want to be content with where we are in life? Are we always striving to grow, to become, to offer more to the world? So here's an exercise that will allow you to figure out 
what it is you have to offer to the world that maybe you aren't offering right now. Pegging your potential is a simple exercise. If you have a piece of paper in front of you, you can write these letters at the top, P, E, and G, peg, peg your potential. You want to spread those out like we're going to make columns. We're going to write under each of those letters. This is an acronym. P stands for passion. E stands for experiences, and G stands for gifts. So what we're going to do is I'm going to walk you through this exercise, and then when we're done with the show today, I want you to take time to do it because it's going to help you figure out what you can do to really live up to your potential. So passions. I want you to start thinking about, maybe even start writing this down now, making a list under P of the things that you're passionate about. What fuels you? What do you get excited about? What is it that when you think about, when you talk about, when you do, your body language changes? Maybe you start smiling, your shoulders come up, you get this burst of energy. Maybe you're passionate about helping other people. Maybe you're passionate about being on TV. Maybe you're passionate about technology. Maybe you're passionate about your kids. Maybe you're passionate about exercise. Whatever it is, whatever fuels your passion, you're going to make a list. And I would, I would put five to ten things on this list, and the more, the better. Don't overthink it. Don't try and be fancy with your wording. This is just for you. What are you passionate about? Make a list of those things. The next column, E stands for experiences. Now, we all have different experiences in our life. And like I talked about at the beginning of the radio show, we have an opportunity to learn and to teach people by counsel. What are the experiences that you've been given in your life that have really taught you something? You've been able to learn something from those experiences. Those are the experiences that have helped you grow. It could be big experiences like the birth of a child or the death of a loved one. Or they could be the small, simple things like I just talked about climbing to the top of this cliff and looking down and realizing the very thing that I had been wanting was 100 yards away from me, and I didn't even know it. That taught me something, and it was a lesson that I learned that I can now share with other people. It's a story that taught me a lesson. It's a, a fable, a parable, if you will. What are those experiences in your life? And you don't have to take time to write down, one time I went to the top of a cliff, and then I saw the ocean. For me, I might just write cliff down there. It's going to remind me of that experience. Okay, so think about what are the experiences that you've been given in your life that, you know, God has allowed you to have or the universe has created for you that have taught you a lesson. And then you can then in turn use that to teach other people. One of the guests that we had last week, well, both of our guests last week were great examples of this, uh, both Anna Del Lemon and Jeff Steinberg. They've been given some trials in their life. They've had these experiences and what they've chosen to do is to learn from them and then teach others. And not only does it help other people when we do that, but it's very healing for us as well and allows us to, again, live a life feeling like it's purposeful, like we have a purpose. 
Okay, so we've got our P column. You're going to list five to ten passions. You've got your E column, which is for experiences. You're going to think about five to ten experiences you've had in your life really taught you something. And then G stands for gifts. What are your gifts? What are you naturally good at? Maybe you're naturally good at being friendly. Maybe you just kind of were born with this artistic gene in you. Maybe you're musical. Uh, maybe you, you have the gift to be able to figure out technology. And believe me, that is a gift for some of us. So what are the things that you're really good at? You just seem naturally good at them. What I call these are your God-given gifts or talents. It's something you were given or were born with, a gift that was not only given to you, but that you can in turn use and now give to the world. So you're going to write five to ten of those God-given gifts that you have down in the G column. So we've got our passions, we've got our experiences, and you, you have your gifts. And when you're done writing these, I want you to literally take a step back from the paper and look at that scene. And what you'll see in front of you is a blueprint for success. What you'll see in front of you is a blueprint for success. Now, success at what? Success at living a life of fulfillment and purpose. Because these are the components needed to not only make you feel happy, but these are the things that you were given that you can offer the world and find your unique place in the world. So think about that. And again, we call that pegging your potential, passions, experiences, and gifts. Use this, and this is a great exercise to do with your kids and with youth. Right now, I'm here in California teaching a youth camp. It was interesting, as I got talking to these teenagers yesterday, this is a young entrepreneurship camp. It's one of the top ones in the country. It's been recognized by Forbes. But as I'm talking to these kids, these teens yesterday, and some of them are older, this group I was talking to was 16 and 17, getting ready to go to college. And I said, what do you want to do? What do you want to be? I mean, these kids are a year away from college. And they're at this entrepreneurship camp. They said, well, we don't really know. I think we want to be entrepreneurs. And I said, well, great. Great that you want to be an entrepreneur. What? An entrepreneur and what, though? <laughs> what does that mean? What do you want to do? I don't know. We just kind of want to make money. Okay. Well, good. Making money is good. And we need money to be able to live, to survive, and to thrive. But what do you love to do? What are you passionate about? I don't know. All right. Well, what are some experiences that you've had in your life that have really taught you? I'm going through this PAY acronym with them. Well, I don't know. I really haven't thought of any. I guess I'm glad to be here in California. Okay. Well, what are your gifts? What are you good at? I don't know. <laughs> and so I'm so glad they're here at this camp learning about those things so that they can really live a life of intention. Again, if we just go through life paying attention, saying, well, I want to be an entrepreneur. I'm going to pay attention to what comes my way. We're being mere observers of our life and not participants of our life. All right, so, so far today, I have given you a couple of phenomenal tools. The power of setting an intention every morning, You've done, you peg your potential where you can step back and look at things. 
There's another tool that I want to teach you as well. And this tool has to do with consistency. And this is a problem that I see in a lot of people who are entrepreneurs, who are creative, who are pursuing their passions. Because when you're pursuing your passions, you want to live a life that's kind of unrestrained, right? You want to be able to follow follow your heart, to go with whatever you feel like is the right direction. And so many times I work with clients and they keep changing their mind. They keep changing their direction. And it's okay to do that to a certain extent. I mean, we don't want to go down the wrong road. We don't want to do something we don't want to do. But if you can't be consistent in your goals and in your life, then you won't give yourself the incubation period or time needed on an idea or a project or a business in order for it to succeed. So here's a tool that you can use in your personal life that will help you be more consistent. That's also going to reflect in your business life, in your family life, and in other areas of your life. And this is simply creating an AM, PM schedule. And just five simple things that you do every morning, five simple things that you do every night could be could be uh, exercise is a great one to add in there. You're going to exercise in the morning. You're going to exercise at night. Meditation, maybe reading some kind of self-help book, scriptures, something like that. So that's really good. So just list five things that you're going to do every morning consistently and five things you're going to do every night before bed consistently. And they don't have to be long things. It could be something that takes 10 seconds to do. Um, Write down one thing you're grateful for. That's another great thing to do. But come up with a schedule where you can really bring some consistency into your life. And what you do in your personal life is going to reflect in your business and family life as well. So, uh, Let's see. Do we have Anne on the line yet? Are you there, Anne? Yep, I'm here. Yay! Okay, well, I'm so excited. And talked the first half of the show. I've been giving the listeners some uh, mentoring tools and tips and been telling them all about you. I'm excited to have Anne Washburn on the show. The reason why is because Anne has been a great mentor of mine. Uh, she is a wonderful example of somebody who turned her life around to live a life of passion and what she wanted to do. And when I was looking for mentors in my life, I chose Anne to look to for a couple of different reasons. First of all, I was so impressed with the personal shift she made in her life. And second of all, with her commitment as a woman to business, to her family, and to her community around her. So Anne is a phenomenal speaker, a trainer, trained thousands of people all over the world and is specifically in Utah and has also uh, is a great speaker, has done a phenomenal TED Talk, and you're going to have to check that out. And I know your credentials, your list of credentials are like a mile long, so I give you permission to brag if you want to mention a few more. Uh, but welcome to the show today. Well, awesome. Thanks, Allison. It's so great to be here. So I love what you're talking about, about, um, I heard just a little bit about talking about the AMPM schedule and how we set up our day and how we end our day, because would it be okay if I told your listeners really quick just how, where I came from a little bit? I would love if you would share that story with them. And if you're listening I think you'll you'll definitely be able to identify with some things that Anne's saying, and I want you to set the intention right now as you listen to Anne because she is a phenomenal mentor. 
to write down anything that touches your soul, any ideas or any thoughts that you have um, that may correlate with your own life. So go ahead, Anne. Okay, awesome. Because where I come from, where I am in my life right now is I am a body language expert. I've given over 3,200 presentations, and I travel all over and teach people about body language as a shortcut to improving their communication. Because in communication, the, the thing is, is that there are, there's our words, there's our tone, but then there's our body language. And when our words and our body language don't match, people actually pay more attention to the body language than they do the words that we speak. And so it's a very powerful way to be able to improve our communication. But the reason I got into this world happened because in my past life, I worked in, past life being seven years ago, I worked in flight simulation and explosives. My degree is in mechanical engineering, but as an engineer, I realized I didn't know how to communicate with people very well to the point that I actually just really didn't like even being around people very much. I would avoid them. And as an engineer, you can avoid people. You can just hide in your cubicle and nobody has to know that you're there and you just get your work done. And it was a very frustrating place to be because I would go to my kid's school and I would actually get in arguments with people because I didn't know how to interact. And so this is what spurred me forward to want to learn about body language and communication was because I saw people around me that were successful and I realized that they didn't, I didn't look like them. I didn't stand like them. I didn't hold my hands the way they held their hands. And so it began this study of mind of body language because I wanted to learn what was different. Why was there a difference? What was going on there? And as I began studying communication and body language, I learned that a lot of people teach body language from the standpoint of what can you see in other people. And I realized there was a lot of power in understanding what messages I'm sending to other people. And Allison mentioned my TED Talk. If you go on YouTube and just type in Anne Washburn, A-N-N, Washburn, then it'll come up as one of the selections under there is my TED Talk. And in there, I talk about where I came from and the actual body language I did to change the way I interacted with people around me. But the other thing that our body language does that I, I kind of stumbled upon this was that your body language actually changes how you feel about you. So, for example, one of the things that happens to us during the day is gravity pulls down on us. And so, you guys, as you're listening, let gravity pull down on your shoulders for a minute. Roll your, hunch your shoulders and pull your chin down. And just let yourself feel what that feels like for a minute. Because when somebody feels weak, when we feel weak on the inside, you often will see it in their body language. Their shoulders will hunch, they'll fold their arms, their chin comes down. But now, now that makes us feel tired. It makes us feel rejected. It makes us feel heavy. But now if you lift your shoulders up and pull your chin just above level, and you can even smile if you want, feel what that feels like. It actually changes the way we feel. In fact, there's, there's studies that have been done that show that in, within two minutes, 
of holding different body language. We actually change the chemicals in our brain. And I was and just, I was, I was and, just and I, I love that. I love what you're saying. And I hate to do this, but we need to go to commercial break right now. Oh, so we're going to take a quick break. While we're on break, my suggestion, do just what Anne talked to you about. Roll your shoulders back, smile, let those chemicals start working in your body and your brain to help you feel better about yourself. Practice doing that during this commercial break. And when we come back, more with Anne Washburn. Awesome. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Would you like to make more money, help more people, and have more fun? Tune in to Noah St. John's Money Mindset and Marketing Mastery Show because you'll discover the money, mindset, and marketing skills that will help you create the abundant lifestyle you desire. As an international keynote speaker, Best-selling author and thought leader, Noah helps business owners increase their income, influence, and impact. So tune in to Noah St. John's Money Mindset and Marketing Mastery Show, live every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Are you ready for provocative discussions with some of today's most powerful movers and shakers? Tune in to The Art of Significance, featuring Dan Clark, the modern-day Napoleon Hill, who interviews the wealthiest, most successful celebrities and business leaders on the planet who are using their influence to change the world. From authors to entertainers, sports figures, educators to military leaders, Dan covers multiple topics. Tune in every Tuesday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Influencers Channel. What is the real social impact that those in the entertainment industry are making? Indie Vision Radio with host Scott C. Brown, the founder of the Indie Vision Project and Maxit Magazine, is a personal conversation about their work in the industry and the impact they're having on humanity. From world health to world peace, you're given a true behind-the-scenes look at what those working in the indie realm are doing to make a positive influence on the world. On the Influencers Channel, tune in to Indie Vision Radio, Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. You're tuned in to Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. To find out more about Allison and our program, please visit soulintuition.com. Again, that's soulintuition.com. Now back to Spotlight. Here is Allison H. Larson. Welcome back to Spotlight. If you're just joining us today, our topic is all about mentors. I gave some mentoring tips to start off the show, and I have a great mentor of mine, Anne Washburn, joining me, who is also a body language expert, has taught me so much about body language, how to carry myself, how to help myself feel better and more powerful. And Anne, I know you were just saying something about the power of body language, and then I know there's another mentoring tool that you wanted to share with our listeners as well that I'm super excited about. So um, any other comments on body language, the importance of body language and what we need to do to uh, add that positive body language into our life? Yeah. So let's talk about really quick just what you do, what we do with our hands. Because one of the things that we do with our hands is we, um, we tend to push things away from us. And I mentioned this in that TED Talk since I brought that up. I thought I'd tell you guys this. 
what we tend to do is when somebody gives us a compliment, watch your body language. We usually push that compliment away. We'll lift our hand up and we'll brush the compliment away or we'll brush our arm off or our leg off right when somebody gives us a compliment because we're trying to not receive what's coming to us. So one of the things that I put into practice... Yeah. So one of the things you can do is to just, when when somebody gives you a compliment, imagine taking your hand in front of you and scooping that compliment up and placing it gently in your heart would be the body language. So just kind of a circle with your hand in front of you that you place on your heart is a way to receive the compliment. Have you ever noticed somebody do that, Allison, that they just like brush the compliment away? Oh, all the time, <laughs> all the time. I mean, and sometimes people won't even accept it with their words, but sometimes they're like, oh, thank you, you know, and their, their voice, their tone, their hands are like pushing me away. And I can, I can, I can definitely tell that that compliment is not being received. Right. And so it is, um, it's powerful if we just change the body language, it, char- it starts to change how we think about things. And so that's why I like to, when people are first learning about body language, that is, um, that is what I like to talk to them about is how to receive what's coming to them because it's so powerful. And then you, so if you're, you meant- if you're listening, really take that into your life. Um, I want, and, and one of the things that I'm about to, is I'm all about action because I would say, you know, the difference between a good presentation, a life-changing presentation, the difference between a good radio show and a life-changing radio show comes down to one word and that's action. And that action needs to be taken by the audience. So if you're listening, if you, if, if you really want to make a change and shift in your life, pay attention today. When somebody gives you a compliment, Think about what is your body language. Take a moment to to receive that and do just what Anne said um, and see how you feel and if that makes a difference in your life because I bet it will. Yeah. So I love your word action, Allison. And so the action I wanted to share with your listeners today came about in one of my mentoring appointments recently. I realized that a lot of people in our world, they struggle with making choices because in our first world problems that we have, it isn't, most of our choices are not between good and bad things. Most of our choices are between something good and something good. And so it makes it hard to know how to make that choice. And you think about it, if our choices really are between good things, why do we still feel bad making decisions? And so I, um, in that, I, in mentoring people through that, I realized that there's a very specific reason that this happens and a way we can overcome it. So I'd like to share that with you guys. Would that be good? Well, I'm really excited for that because I, that what you just said really, really resonates with me. And if there's one thing that will stop me in my tracks, in my business, in, during my day, even in my decisions with my kids, it's, it's that one thing seems like I'm presented with two good options and I can't decide which option to choose. And it, it, it will it will halt the progress of my entire day because I'm agonizing over two great decisions. So I would, I would love any tips on how to deal with this. 
Okay, awesome, because that's exactly, I've caught myself there in my life as well. And, and this happens a lot to women, but it happens to men too. And here's an example. Here's why, it, here's why um, we have trouble making the decision. And the reason is, is, so let me give you the example of choosing between an apple and a donut. Now, some people might say, well, well, the apple's the good choice, the donut's a bad one. Well, not necessarily, because my tongue says the donut's a good choice, <laughs> and my, my body yep. says the apple's a good choice. And so now I'm, I'm presented with this choice. So what happens is I choose the apple. But now while I'm eating the apple, I'm thinking, oh, I really wanted to have the donut. <laughs> and so I resent the apple while I'm eating it. So I go, crunch, 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 resent, 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 crunch, 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 resent, resent, resent. It's like, dang, I resent that I have to have an apple, not a donut. And so the next time it's like, okay, I'm going to have... I'm going to have a donut this time. But now while I'm eating the donut, I'm feeling guilty that I didn't choose the apple because it's not as good for me. So I eat the donut and I go, um, guilt, 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 um, guilt, guilt, guilt. So no matter which one I chose, I feel bad because of the one I didn't choose. And our, our brain looks for patterns like that. And so it labels that as when I make a choice, I miss out on something else. And so even if the thing I chose was good, the one that I didn't choose, I'm now missing out on it. Does that make sense? Yeah, it totally makes sense. And I love the example you use. And I'm just going to go down a rabbit hole here really quickly for just a moment. Okay, yes. One of the things that I talk about is intuitive eating. And one of the things that I've learned is when you do feel guilt, or shame, or like you're somehow missing out when you're eating, your body actually won't process and digest the food as well. And it can actually yep. affect physically how your body deals with that food. So that's interesting to me because it makes sense that mentally that would be the same. So yeah, so yeah. Okay, keep going. I'm all ears. Yeah. And so in order to cope with that, because now what we try to do is when we don't like the decision and we feel bad, then what we do is we, we go into our coping mechanisms. But what we do to cope is we'll either avoid decisions as much as possible or we'll procrastinate making a decision until it gets made for us. Like in the apples and donuts, if there's apples and donuts on the desk in the meeting room, I might procrastinate until all the apples are chosen and now I have to choose a donut type of a thing. I procrastinate until there's no longer two options. Or what we'll do is we'll, we'll take a survey of our friends. We'll post it on Facebook and we'll say, well, what would you choose? And then we, we take this survey or get other people's opinions or we'll call people, well, what would you do? Um, another example would be like when I was ordering my Tesla, I had to choose what color I was going to order. And so now it was like, okay, how am I going to choose? This is a hard choice. And it came down to black or white is what I had narrowed it down to. And now it was like, oh, do I choose black? Do I choose white? Well, I finally, I chose black. But then my first time driving it down the road, I realized I was looking at all the white cars and going, oh, I should have gotten a white one. And so then we, um, we feel bad that we didn't get it. But I had taken, I had like called everybody and said, well, what color would you get? Would you get black or white? 
And so now, because I've taken this survey, I found myself making excuses or, or blaming my decision and saying, well, if my dad hadn't warned me against white cars, then I wouldn't have gotten this black one or whatever, because I'm using the survey as a coping to be able to blame other people or make excuses because I don't want the emotions that come with that decision. So that's so true. And, you know, that really does make sense. One of the things that I've learned in business, interestingly enough, that came to my mind as we were talking is that good business leaders and good leaders in general are good decision makers. And I've thought about that a lot because I think my tendency is, is all of our tendency for that very reason that we don't want to take all that accountability or responsibility is that we do try and ask other people for their opinions or when we're, we're, we're making these decisions. And I think it's okay to take into account the opinions of others, but we need to yes. own our own decision for sure. So I love how yes. you said that. Yeah, because you're absolutely right. Decision makers rise to the top. They are looked at for leaders for leadership positions because they're willing to make the choices. And, you know, if you talk to big business leaders, every one of them I've talked to, they'll say that they'll make the wrong decision 25% of the time. But it's, but it's more important to keep moving forward than to get, stay stuck in trying to make every decision perfectly. And that leads in great yeah. to this, uh, the part, what was that? Oh, no, I just said yes. I was disagreeing with you. Yes, wholeheartedly. Oh, yeah. agree with and so that leads in what can we do about it? And so I'm going to give you, like you said, Allison, that you have to take action. And so I'm going to give you three actions that we can take um, to help us honor the choices that we make so that we feel like we have permission to make more choices and not feel like we're missing out. And so the, the first one is that it's just simple Give yourself permission to enjoy your choice, no matter what it is, for 15 minutes. If you chose the donut, give yourself 15 minutes. I'm just going to enjoy that I chose the donut. And then after the 15 minutes, you can re-decide. You can make a different choice and say, you know what? I don't like how that felt in my body, and next time I'm going to do something different. But that way we avoid or bypass the beating ourselves up for the choice. So I was talking to one person I mentor who just had a new baby. And so she's home on maternity leave and she's got a two-year-old and a baby. And she says, I feel guilty when I hold the baby because I'm not playing with the two-year-old. And I feel guilty when I play with the two-year-old because I'm not holding the baby. And so I taught her this about just enjoying your choice for 15 minutes. And she texted me a couple of days later and she's like, this has made all the difference because when I hold the baby, I give myself permission to actually enjoy it. She said, I hadn't realized that I never actually enjoyed holding the baby because I always felt guilty when I did. And so Hmm. giving ourselves permission to honor, to be happy with that choice can make a huge difference. And and I love that. And I love the tools that you've shared with us today. We have about 30 seconds left to go on the show, and I know you have a free gift for our listeners today, so I'd (laughs) I'd love to hear what that is. I'm sure they would, too. So if you go to our website, 3keyelements.com forward slash mind, M-I-N-D, 3keyelements.com forward slash mind, I arranged to send all of them a free audio recording that we did 
on managing the negative comments that go through our head. And you just put in whatever email you want us to send that to, and we'll send that to each of them. It's a $23 value, but I just want them to have it because I understand what you stand for, Allison, and I want them to be able to move forward in their lives. Well, thank you, and thank you again so much for being on the show, And Make sure and text me that link. I'll post that again on our Facebook um, as well, so make sure and check it out there. Uh, go to that link. Get the free gift. It is very valuable. And, hey, if there's one thing you take away from today's show, take this away, that there are lots of great people out there that are a little bit further ahead of you on the road of life towards where you want to go. Seek those people out. Seek for their advice. Invest your time, your money if, if you've got it, whatever you can to really grow and to live to your full potential. So thank you for joining us today, Anne, and all of our listeners, and we'll see you next You're week welcome. on Spotlight. This is Allison H. Larson. Bye. Thank you for making us a part of your week. Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show, can be heard live every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Now, go make a difference and be sure to tune in again for the next show.